Welcome to the Business Extra. I'm Mustafa Al-Rawi, the National's Assistant Editor-in-Chief. As you can see, we're here in Davos in Switzerland for the World Economic Forum annual meeting. We're being hosted by the UAE Pavilion, which is on the main promenade. And I'm very happy to say that with us this morning is Badr Al-Ulama, who is Executive Director at Mubadla and also Head of UAE Clusters. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me, Mustafa. It's good. To, we're going to talk UAE actually here. Um, I think the theme is that, but in particular, because of the global posture that the country is taking in terms of industry. Um, for you, your businesses in Mubadla that you're responsible for, a wide range of sectors. So it's um, uh, manufacturing, including uh, aerospace, it is life sciences, it is healthcare, it is clean energy. Uh, you've got EGA, which is the aluminium manufacturer. I mean, a whole host of, of businesses that, that fall under the UAE cluster. Um, there must be so much opportunity um, for you that you're discussing with people here this week. I mean, absolutely. Most of the economic sectors that we invested in are all future-centric sort of new, si new, new areas for the UAE. I mean, we've, we've invested in aerospace 15 years ago. We've set up a factory that makes aircraft parts 15 years ago. And, and being here in Davos gives us an opportunity to talk, think, to talk with people and identify future trends. You know, where is the direction of the world going? And, and to be honest, most of it is going towards the digital spectrum. Cuts across, you know, all the sectors that you mentioned, whether it was metals manufacturing, whether it was on the healthcare side, even if you get into the aerospace side, there is one common theme. And digitalization is that theme. So digitalization, big theme. We have AI, other, other forms of, of technology becoming more, more prevalent, but also uh, scaling up a lot of these industries to go beyond uh, the UAE's borders. Um, that's something that you've been looking at in particular. I know there's a wider industrial strategy for the UAE to become a manufacturing powerhouse, for example. Um, but how do you uh, frame the ambitions when you're talking about these businesses going you know, well beyond uh, domestic markets? Well, we incepted most of the businesses in the UAE to be able to get a footprint and to be able to establish the capabilities. You know, All these businesses, they again, they go back to one factor of actually developing the human capabilities. Having the capacity to actually run those businesses is just as important as the business itself. Um, going forward, I, I do see that these businesses are going to grow and expand in their own remit. They all have to become global businesses. You can't have an aerospace business that is only focused on the UAE market. We obviously sell to Airbus and Boeing. But more importantly is something else that we're focusing on, which is Hub 71. We have over 200 startups that are part of the community, part of the ecosystem in Abu Dhabi. These startups have raised over a billion dollars. They've generated over $850 million over the past four years. And they've created 1,000 jobs, direct jobs in the economy. Integrating between the startups and those businesses that we've established over the past 15 years or so is what we believe is going to actually create that competitiveness, that global competitiveness for Abu Dhabi, for our businesses on a, on a much wider scale. I mean, competitiveness is the, is the aim because if you can compete with, with other markets in other markets, then the businesses will continue to grow. Um, you mentioned talent. Um, I was uh, talking to several bankers this week here in Davos, and they all agree that there's never been a better time uh, to be in the UAE, in the Gulf at the moment. They're, not just the fact that talent's being developed locally, but obviously talent's being attracted from elsewhere as well and, and is staying. And, and regardless of what's happening globally, whether the picture is perhaps bleaker uh, for 2023 than it has been in the last two years, but, it, but the consensus is, is that the Gulf is strong and that, they, that you know, with, with oil prices where they are, 
with regulation where it is, with, as you said, sort of this growth of, 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 of a startup culture that really we're seeing a new era that perhaps we haven't seen before. I mean, is, is, do you feel that way? Do you feel that optimistic? Absolutely. I mean, we could talk about the safety and security aspects of actually people wanting to move and live in Abu Dhabi. We can talk about connectivity with Etihad and Emirates, the fact that they can be anywhere within the world and you know, access through the airports, Abu Dhabi airport or Dubai airport. And we can talk about the fact that you know, businesses are growing and, and, and setting to you know, have global ambitions. But I think the number one factor that's attracting people and is attracting talent to the UAE is the fact that we have an ambitious vision for the country that is not UAE-centric, that is very much about what's in the benefit of the rest of the world, how can we create a positive impact to the rest of the world from the UAE. We, uh, we've been hearing this week at, at, the, at the forum about the various risks that are out there on the horizon. And in, in fact, we were here in May, um, uh, you know, about seven months ago for the last event, and the risks are pretty much the same. Climate, obviously, um, and we have COP28 later uh, this year in, in the UAE. It's an important moment for the, for the region as well as the world as they do a stock take from the 2015 um, Paris climate deal, but also geopolitics, uh, the Ukraine war, as we, we, we've seen from the speeches of the Ukraine first lady, that that's not about to be resolved anytime soon. Um, we, we're wondering what's going to happen with the energy crisis uh, in Europe and elsewhere. So these problems, they're not new. We're not coming here and being surprised by anything. And then on the other side, uh, some of the opportunity, which, which could be a risk for some businesses, is how AI is probably going to really proliferate this year beyond just, um, I think, at the, the, the sort of elite level, if you like. Um, uh, do, do these topics come into your thinking when, when, when you're talking about UA clusters? I'm sure for some time you've been kind of planning for, for dealing with, with, with these risks. Well, you, you brought in a, a number of different factors, but let me touch upon some of them. Like when you talk about ESG and specifically environmental sustainability, one of our sort of super exciting investment that we did at the end of last year was in the world's first regulated carbon exchange, which is going to be set up at Abu Dhabi Global Markets. You know, having a carbon exchange which should be very natural to us because we have both the demand from our oil and gas companies and the supply from the natural sunlight. So this to us is going to be a game changer because obviously our investment in air carbon exchange has operations all around the world and the clearinghouse will be in Abu Dhabi and that allows us to actually expand and grow this business, which is to me uh, sort of reinforcing our commitment to ESG. But then some of the other stuff that you're talking about like artificial intelligence or AI's penetration to the businesses, I really think because, you know, the, some of the stuff that we see in our part of the world, which when you speak about talent, there is a real shortage of talent. And that's not just in the UAE. That's a common phenomena that you see in China. That's a common phenomena that you see in Europe and the US. And I think the only way for you to uh, sort of operate with the kind of ambitions that you do have is to partner up with AI platforms so that you can get the best out of, you know, a person's ability to actually operate using AI where they need to and where they don't need to, they can operate by themselves. But that sort of partnership is what I expect to see going forward in, in a lot of different businesses uh, that are in the UAE, but elsewhere around the world as well. I mean, partnerships are important. Relationships are important. In fact, um, the UAE has been working you know, very hard over the years, and in particular, during COVID-19 and, and, and during the last year or two, to build on the relationships with, with other nations across the world. I mean, talking about Asia, um, Africa, elsewhere. And it's these relationships that seem to be the kind of secret source um, for the UAE for weathering, you know, ups and the normal ups and downs of the global cycle. Um, and from your point of view of, of the businesses, we talk about the UAE clusters, 
it's all been about relationships. Partnerships, partnerships, and I say this, it's at the core of what Mubadala, you know, is all about, right? And and you, you mentioned, you know, COVID. Just, you know, sort of let's go back in time when, when the situation was getting out of hand. You, know, you couldn't get an N95 mask anywhere. These N95 masks cost less than a dollar before COVID. During time of COVID, it went up to $12 a piece, disposable N95 masks. Because of our relationship and our partnership with Honeywell, we were able to build a production line for N95 masks in our aerospace manufacturing facility in Al Ain. Using the same capability, same talent, we're producing N95 masks that were not just you know, sufficient for our own needs, but we were exporting it to the UK, to Japan, to Israel, to Egypt, to countries in Africa. And, and that's an example of a partnership that gave us a little bit of a feel of how we could actually do things that probably other countries in the region can't. And very recently, we announced our deal with Resilience that is actually going to be producing biopharma products, vaccines, oncology therapeutics, all of this in Abu Dhabi. Why? Because we do not want to be in a similar situation that we were in during COVID. And that's us thinking about partnerships, thinking about the future, thinking about our own supply chain security and resilience so that we could sustain our growth ambitions for the next 50 years forward. So thinking about uh, business, not in terms of just buying and selling, but also about grounding it in something that you can pivot, you can change, you can work on depending on circumstances, not just about price or how much you're delivering, but when, with, your, with your partners, is mu- it's always much broader. And like I said, it's not about the UAE only, right? When we build these capabilities, we think about our partners in the region, we think our partners in the rest of the world. And that's how we bring that supply chain flexibility and resilience to other countries as well. So betting on the UAE is a good bet. You know, we don't, we have safety, we have security, we have talent, we have relationships, we have import-export routes through DP World or Abu Dhabi ports or Emirates Airlines or Etihad. And, and that's a formula for success. You look around the region, it doesn't exist. And I said this as well at, uh, at a previous conference at FAI, FII, you know, we built this infrastructure 15 years ago and we're capitalizing and leveraging that infrastructure to shape the next economic cluster that's, that we're, we're working on at the moment. So lastly, just want to see, we're looking at 2023, we're at the start of the year. What are the priorities for the year ahead for you and, and Mubadal and the UAE clusters? Well, we're looking forward to some exciting announcements showing that you know, some of these economic clusters are going to be betting on new sectors, new capabilities, new projects. And, and honestly, I'm quite optimistic about this year. It feels good. And being here feels good. And, and having this conversation with you, Mustafa, feels good as well. Well, the view is inspiring. Tell me about it. That's for sure. <laughs> Tell me about it. Uh, Bedr Al-Alama, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. And thank you all for joining us. If you like this uh, show, please do subscribe. If you're on YouTube, ring that bell. Of course, The National is giving you all the updates from at Davos and the World Economic Forum annual meeting. Do stay with us and we'll see you again next time.